Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the pyramid This is Mike from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio Hi, this is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night, hey Ladies and gentlemen Welcome to One Nation Radio. The date is July 14th. Uh, I'm pulling the Rich thing where I have to take time to wait for it. But tables have turned. I'm doing the host duty. Rich is out in Tampa heading back home. So to get this out in a proper amount of time, we're doing it over uh, his cell phone. So if you hear any kind of weird audio issues, that's his fault. Blame him. Direct all your tweets and anger at him, that guy. What's going on, Rich? chilling man i'm also driving as well so if there's any additional sounds from the road or the air conditioning i apologize in advance all right but, I it. um and if you don't like it really you can just kiss my ass <laughs> you know what i was gonna say is don't come out here starting out like um like the beginning of the razor ramon entrance music don't be out here on the big sean swerve okay <laughs> 10 and 2 yeah um yeah yeah so tonight we're doing a post-show edition of, or a post-show review of Extreme Rules, and we're also going to do Fight for the Fallen at the end of that, um, and then we might talk about any bits of the G1 that we've seen so far today. Rich, you said that you've seen, you're up to date so far on the, on the G1? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, G1's awesome so far. Okay. Well, I know that you're going to do the uh, the show in a couple days uh, with Jeremy and Josh or with just Josh or with just Jeremy. I can't remember which one it was. You know, they like a group anyway. They like no ID and, um, and Kanye. So, um, which, whoever, whichever part of that, uh, faction that you're going to be doing that with, I'll, you know, we're going to keep it short so you can, you know, have most of your stuff to talk about then because you'll be able to add to it with more context with more, with the other show that's in a couple hours. So, but, uh, first, First, let's start off with your open thoughts on Extreme Rules. So, the show felt really long, just like 
AEW Fiber to Fallen felt really long. I think mm-hmm. it, was, it felt kind of like the same length, if I'm not mistaken. But um, a lot of the show was just there. I, you know, they put this title back on Brock. I'm like, okay, whatever, because, you know, me, I've written off the universal title as something to care about years ago at this point. So I, I try to think of it as a comedy belt. And once you do that, the universal title will make a lot more sense. But, yeah, it was a it was an all right show. Like, I thought uh, Black and Cesaro was, was good. I was disappointed by Ricochet and Styles, and the, the opener uh, was better than it you know, was kind of, you know, like the, uh, what our expectations were for it. Yeah. So, um, it was a long show. I, you know, it's just, there's just certain things on the show. I I thought a lot of them could have, could have achieved a little higher, but it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, I thought it was a one thumb up show. They did a lot of stuff that I just like, uh, why? But they also did a lot of stuff that, you know, we, we talked about it before we even got... Or maybe offer we talked about this. Like, there were so many matchups in on this card that it was like... Oh, they can go out there and have three and a half stars. And a lot of them went out there and did that. Um, and, you know, I haven't watched the TV. And I feel like, for me anyway, me not watching TV has helped my viewing experience on the product. Like, I don't have to get bogged down in the <laughs> bullshit. Like, I hear people give me the the cliff notes version version as opposed to me having to just you know burn out by watching all the time involved in it and flues my mind and flip my lid when they you know tell story x and then they end up diverging down path y so whatever i feel blessed i, I feel blessed for not having um dedicated my energy uh to following those storylines and getting a lot of those results um, had I been invested in this Ricochet AJ Styles thing where I saw the two matches and then was like, oh man, I can't wait for the pay-per-view. And then they hand us this mid match and I'm like, oh, I would have been real furious. Uh, the, the Undertaker logically showing up to help Roman Reigns. I'm glad I saw it in the video package rather than in real time. And, and it's just, we'll get to it when we talk about that, but. The audacity of these people to <laughs> keep Shaman and Man unbeaten for months just so the Undertaker can beat him. Not Roman Reigns. Not The Miz, who they've killed completely as a babyface. None of these people. But The Undertaker. Boy. Yeah, Real wild. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, let's. Do you want to start with the. Do you watch the pre show? Because I did not watch the pre show. Because I, I mean. I, I saw the Drew Gulak and Tony Nese match. It was okay. You know, okay. Uh, you know, three and a quarter, something like that. Okay. I missed, I, I missed, I missed the, uh, apparently Shinsuke Nakamura is now the Intercontinental Champion. What? Good for him. They, yeah, they, they pulled him out of mothballs and, and gave him the belt. You know, Finn Balor's only been seen like once since WrestleMania or twice since WrestleMania. Right. They take the belt off him and, and give it to another dude they weren't using. Nakamura looks all kind of weird. He's wrestling with that bodysuit on. It's like, I I don't even see the point of putting IC title on him, but whatever. Okay, so, do, I guess. okay so is this another person where, oh, yeah, you were in a tag team, and then person doesn't want to be here or is disgruntled or what yeah. have you in – we're going to give the person that stayed around for whatever reason, like the spike push. Yes. 
Okay, best of luck with that. Alright, so let's just move on to the main card. Uh, Extreme Rules tag match between Undertaker and Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre and, and Shane McMahon. Uh, yeah, uh, how do I how do I say this? Match starts off with Roman in the ring. Uh, eventually, it gets to to Undertaker. Undertaker hits all the all the greatest hits. Um, eventually, it breaks into uh, them down on the side, or them outside, and doing spots, and they end up laying out Undertaker and laying out uh, Roman. Uh, so then Shane can get his stunts in, and then eventually the babyfaces overcome and they end up winning. Uh, the crowd was really super duper into it. Uh, Undertaker, this is the best Undertaker match in Jesus. It's probably WrestleMania uh, 29. No, so I'm sorry, since um, no, since the Lesnar match is 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's been a long time, uh, and. You know, they they I thought they did a really good job with show, showing off Undertaker being able to only do certain things, and then like hiding the fact that he can't do anything else except for like the greatest hits. Like he can do old school, he can do you know uh, the leg drop on the apron. He could do uh, he he could do snake eyes in the big boot. He could do the tombstone and choke slams. There's not much, and he can do striking. That's that, and that's it. Or he, you know he can give you um, some uh, you know crush people in the corner. Wow, wow, with charging charges, but that's that, that's it. He's done. In, in a vacuum, it's largely an inoffensive tag yep. match or whatever. But like when, like you know how they are in WWE. They, you know how much time they spend into promoting this, like it was a main event match mm-hmm. and everything. And then right. you get to the show; it's on first, so it kind of creates a weird, you know, structure for the car because it's like, all right, what's gonna follow it? And I think a lot of it struggled throughout then. Of yep. course, I, w- I was struggling with what we were talking about on Thursday with not only this match, but the main event. I'm like, right. there's no hold barred. Why are they tagging and, like, following rules and right. standing on the apron and right. shit? Like, I Dude. I don't know. Like, I, I thought I thought it was cool. I thought Undertaker, like, looked mobile, which <laughs> he, he hasn't looked in a while. He still yeah. looks old as dirt. Yes. Like, did you know? And, and when I saw it, and it, it really just felt like the definitive end, I was like, okay, now Roman can go get back in the title picture. And Lord, did we ever uh, make that easy for him to, to, to jump right the fuck back in uh, at the end of the night. But mm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because there were parts during this show where, um, you know, they, they got Undertaker in there before they started breaking out to going down to outside the ring. They got into parts where Undertaker got in twice, and at one of the points, they were like, "We want after Taker, after Undertaker went into the first time, and it was time for it to build up for us another towards a hot tag." All of a sudden, it was the you know, "We want Taker chances." Like, that's not good for Omen. Uh, yep. So, so that happened, and then you have for two for the last two matches of the show, the "We want Brock, no, we don't" back and forth chance, which is like, all right. If you want to do this with Roman and Brock again, uh, bro, you know I, I think going. it's going to backfire. That's place, bro, that's the only place they ever go. Like, that's this is the story of this company. The only one that they have. And <laughs> here they I go like, again. don't even have that. Just here I go again on my own. Down the yeah, road I've ever like, known. All right. Like, and, and for the finish, <laughs> it felt like they couldn't even get that right because the wrong guy got the pin. If they want to take Undertaker and Drew McIntyre forward, they could have fought off to the back, and Roman or and Shaman Man could have been left there with this guy who's been tormenting, 
uh, him for, or he's been tormented by for months, and Roman could destroy Shane McMahon and, and get rid of him, but they couldn't even do that right. So, whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I think it's not over. Like, I don't. I think this. I think it Four. could very well turn into a you know. Heyman and Shane and Brock and you know it turns to you know it, it gets it, the authority figure never dies it only it, it's it's it much like institution, it's much it's much like institutional racism it's highly adaptable <laughs> it's <laughs> highly adaptable it'll, it'll reinvent itself in, yes. in modern form yes yes so um, I mean any other thoughts on that or you want to move on. I'm I'm good. Uh, you know, the best in the world is finally finally lost. Oh my! God. After months. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. I will say thing. I do like the camera setup they had where uh, WWE. You know, for all the crap we give them, like they do kind of they. When you notice the pattern, you do appreciate when they kind of realize that they do have a pattern and how to get around their own pattern. So, at the end of the match, like. He has Shane dead to rights Undertaker, and they had already laid out Roman out on the on the towards the entrance side of the floor. So all of a sudden, you're like, "Where's where is where's Drew? Drew's going to come through and Claymore kick his face off, and they're going to win, aren't they?" Right. So you see, all of a sudden, they do a zoom in, so you already know what's going to happen the second they um because they showed you McIntyre coming up behind him. So he goes yep. for the Claymore, and then all of a sudden, you're like, "Okay, so Roman's going to spear him." Sure enough, spear him, pin him. Huge, you know, and then you're able to do the uh, the choke slams or whatever, or tombstone or whatever. So then you, and that was a finish. I thought it was, I thought it was a nice touch. So, uh, but moving on, we can go to the Raw tag titles, um, the Revival versus the Usos. I thought that this was a a very well wrestled professional match, but it had to. It struggled. You know what by, that's not like code for? What? That sounds like over three and a quarter. Like, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was three and a half. I thought it was three and a half. I thought the issue with it was that it. I mean, it had to follow a fucking tor- a match that broke out into a tornado tag match with with weapons right. and shit. Like, so it was like you had no chance. It, so when the crowd doesn't react to it for most of the match, even though it's all well good stuff, like they, like I'm like, were you expecting the crowd to care about all the revivals cheating after they just saw Shane jump to coast to coast on Undertaker uh, with the fucking uh, trash can no, or, or do the or try to do the dive onto the table? Like of course not. It was set up to yeah. fail. Yeah, like they literally like yeah, a tag team match and then another tag team match with like lesser stakes, right. lesser promoted time and this is wwe thinking they're ahead of the curve as one, well, and also another factor one one team is a team full of people that uh that they believe in and uh and think are credible as stars the other are a bunch of jabrones they have belts yeah and also this is wwe thinking they're ahead of the curve and like thinking they have to take people on a roller coaster and everything like that and it's like they shot their wild off first and I don't even I don't know if they got uh, the crowd back all night. No, they didn't. And I think I think the one thing is they were what they were trying to go for is we can't have that come on at the nine o'clock spot like we normally would in previous years because a lot of these matches that we put in these nine o'clock spots have died a death and then it ruins the last half, half or the last third of the card. Like think of Seth versus 
uh, Seth versus Triple H at WrestleMania 33. Think of um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that have died a death. Like think of different Seth Rollins matches that have died in the mid card or, or died past <laughs> ten. Or have died like past to nine thirty, right? So I think their whole thing was like we can't afford that. Put it on first. It was like okay, fine. And it worked out for the money match. And the whole idea is the money. You know, we went into this thing and like the money match were going to stink. And if this saved one of the money matches, all right. But you know, it it, it didn't do much for the rest of the card. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. any anything you want to mention? Anyone you want to talk about the decision of the, the rival just beat the Usos or anything, or do you want to see them wrestle more or I- what? I could care less. Like I, I think the revival, <laughs> they, I, I think WWE does things to like fuck with them so they don't have great matches in a lot of these spots. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just regular. Uh, I, and I guess since the New Day won, the Usos weren't allowed to win. So, so one of them had to lose. <laughs> He's like, we can't have the two most dominant tag fashions of the last like decade just win on the same night, right? Right. Um, okay, so. After this, we get Alistair Black versus Cesaro. Yes, Man, sir. I gotta say, this is one of my favorite matches of the week of the weekend. I, it, it was so great. It reminded you that like Cesaro is awesome and he does all the stuff that you want him to do. Like he's incredible. Like he is one of the most complete performers in all of professional wrestling. And then you you forget that at times because of the bar and his you know his misfirings at times and his over his career in WWE. But you remember like you put him in a ring with another person that's talented and you give them time and you get the fuck out of the way. Like he has something for you always. So the story of the match is that Alistair is throwing strikes to Cesaro's knees as Cesaro is throwing him about at different points in time. Uh, he also, at certain points, uh, he just hits various strikes because, you know, he's, as I think Graves called it, he's an eight-point striker. Two fists, two elbows, two knees, two feet. So as he's taking out Cesaro's uh, left leg with, uh, with with kicks every so often, all of a sudden Cesaro throws him about. Um, Alistair ends up uh, getting him outside of the, to the floor. He hits the uh, the moonsault off of the second turn buckle. Um, they get back in there. Cesaro uh, throws him about some more. Then Alistair ends up getting a, a Meteora. Um, later on in the match, he goes for another Meteora, but this time Cesaro... Uh, catches him and I and he basically from the having him in that position he basically like cheerleader toss him in the air and then hits him with the European uppercut and then at different points he has more incredible European uppercuts but Cesaro keeps working over that leg uh, with kicks uh, Cesaro gets desperate he starts checking some of the kicks and then it comes time for another you know big lifting European uppercut and his leg gives out and then um, they start trading back and forth, and then Cesaro ends up getting crashed into, uh, his face crashed into with a um, black mass, and then Alistair wins. I thought this was a great match. Yeah, I, I think Alistair Black showed up, and he was in phenomenal physical condition, and like he's been training really hard off-camera the last couple months like for Vince McMahon's cosmetic business. <laughs> and, um, you know, 
as you mentioned, like, you know, Cesaro's been like this gem that's just like hidden away all this time until they feel like putting him in there to do something. I, I did like the Judas effect, the V trigger and golden triangle that um uh Alistair Black busted out at the oh. beginning of the match. Yes, I, I forgot, like at somewhere around like the either the midway point of the match or maybe just before it, Cesaro, you know, he does that springboard uh European uppercut. He goes for it the second time and he meets a V trigger. I I let out a shout. It's like I love when I just love when Alistair Black just starts just V triggering people. Like it's the best shit ever. Like it, it just is. Like it is that I don't know if I enjoy Riddle fucking someone up for a stretch of time or if I enjoy the Alistair Black offense of knees and spinning knees and all sorts of kickery uh more. I don't know. Um and there was a level of physicality in this that, like, nothing else on the card matched. For me, it was easily the match of the night. Yeah. And they were just, like, sound off on each other's chest. We'll, we'll apologize ahead of time and, um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, fire off. Uh, yeah. I, I gave this one a four. Yeah. I gave it four as well. The crowd was not into it. And that's why I was like, yo, if this is, this is, um, the crowd was not into it that much until like they eventually got one over because they were beating the piss out of each other. So it was very much like one of those cruiserweight situations where they had to go out there and prove themselves that, oh yeah, these dudes are like murdering themselves. Let's actually like give a damn. So, uh, what do you think this means for the future for Alistair? I mean, how long before they just start calling him Alistair? I think since Alistair is kind of like tougher to say and spell, he might stand a chance of retaining both names. And the black goes with like the darkness and everything like that. So maybe, right? It's but, you. <laughs> you. Yes. Um, I mean, AJ Styles has the U.S. belt. Ricochet is, or excuse me, Nakamura has the IC title. He's a SmackDown guy. Maybe they can do Shinsuke Nakamura and Alistair Black. That make a lot of sense. And also, you know, you know, these are two guys that have since Undertaker has gone to, you know, the part time. We see less and less of them. Two guys that have been promoted as top strikers in WWE since Undertaker like has lost a step, I guess, whatever you want to call it. So um, after this, we get the SmackDown Women's Title Match, a handicap match between Champion Bailey and. The team of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Storm. Nikki Storm. I'm, I'm calling her indie name. Nikki Cross. So, yeah. uh, this match was not good. This was one of the worst matches I saw this entire weekend. Um, it, it is more Nikki and Alexa are doing quick tags and keep them in one corner, keeping Bailey in one corner. Bailey eventually uh, tur- turns the tables by um, kind of getting. One of them at one whatever point on her corner, her corner that doesn't exist because she doesn't have a tag partner. But um, yeah, at one point, um, uh, well, at one point, Nikki's in the in the match, and ba- I'm gonna call her Becky. Bailey is able to get her into a Indian death lock. I don't know why, but Alexa is so incompetent that she can't actually strike Bailey while she has somebody in a, t- in a submission move. She misses, and then <laughs> while that's happening, she ends up th- while Nikki is still in the Indian Death Lock. Uh, Alexa ends up in a bank statement, which um, is fucking hilarious. Yes, yes, it is for 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 uh, like levels of reasons. Yes. Like WWE scripting now. Oh, we'll stick it to her, and then <laughs> um, you know. 
Bailey would probably be like, yeah, I'm homegirls with Sasha. I'm going to put this bitch that Sasha don't like in this move. And when I say bitch, this is what Sasha means. So, like, I'm going to do this for you, Sasha. So, yeah, it's just hilarious. Um, I've never seen a handicap champ, uh, handicap match for a championship that was ever worth a damn. And this is, uh, is the same, you know, whatever. I'm not into Nikki Cross. I'm not into Alexa Bliss. Poor Bailey to have multiple pay-per-views with this. Yeah. It's like, man, did they give everyone bad shit like this on purpose until they can stick Charlotte back in there? Because that's what it feels like. Hmm. Uh, like so... could, could she be wrestling Ember Moon? Could she be wrestling uh, literally anybody else? Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could say Ember Moon, but like, you know, Vince ain't for the oh, she's a really good worker. She's about like, oh, what's the character? And uh, you know, by all accounts, the stuff that they've been doing with Ember Moon on TV has been bad, and she has not performed well to even, you know, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, I can't even say I can't even say the normal. Yeah, just push her in there put her in there with somebody that's really good it's like that ain't good enough because like they won't give a fuck uh yeah so um, yeah it, i i think i gave it like two and a quarter that's nice i gave it flat too mm. uh yeah look so, at me look at me being friendly to alexa <laughs> yeah so next match after that was oh yeah so the the finish of the match was that um bailey ends up getting or she ends up Clearing out Alexa, and then she slaps on. Uh, was it submission? No, I I forgot how she beat Nikki. She I forgot. I totally forgot it. Completely blanked my mind. You know that great two star match. Anyway, um, she's a beating Nikki, so Alexa did not have to take the pin after the match. Nikki was consoling. I'm sorry, or Alexa was consoling Nikki, so she hasn't like turned on her yet because she figures eventually like she'll win me something, and then. That's when I'll stick the knife in. So, uh, next match after that is the is uh, Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, Last Man Standing. They, I mean, they they brawl around the ringside. They go into the concourse. They come out on the concourse, going down the stairs the other side. Uh, there's a spear from Lashley. They go, they spears him through the barricade. It sends them, um, from outside of the barricade or the ringside entrance into it. Uh, they wrestle over towards the equipment side or the camera side of the outside part. They brawl back and forth up the stairs and then to a spot where they do a power slam finish in Braun Strowman wins. I, I, I love this match. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on it was. Um, it's impossible to have a bad last man standing match. I know. And bronze rules. It, Bobby Lashley busts his whole ass. Yes. Like they were trying for a second. Yes. Like and then, you know, I don't know. It was just a punter brawl. Like it, yep. it was okay. Um, I wonder what they're going to do with, with Braun now. They, like they, they've accidentally given this man wins and have people believing in him again. <laughs> like, so, so how would they kill him off this time, James? What, what, what will they will they force that man to wrestle handicap matches against midgets? Um, I don't think that's what they'll do. I don't. Um, will will they <laughs> will, will they turn him into the dancing giant Braun Strowman? Dude, you somebody talked about it in the um in the thread about why does Braun Strowman? Uh, I guess it was like he he he. 
really takes really sh- tiny steps or whatever. And I was like, yeah, he takes toddler strides. Oh, that was me. He's always yes. taking Tyler. He's always taking toddler strides. Like if you remember the time when he chased Miz and the 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 Miz Miz Darage or whatever they were called a couple years back after they murdered him with the uh, inside the trash uh, compactor. Uh, yeah, yep. he if, and he's running on top of the he's running chasing him and you look how fast those 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 feet move it's not because of it's because he's taking like the shortest strides like i've always said that that man moves as if like he's one bad step away from tearing his groin so yeah that man yep. has no flexibility just short striding anyway yeah I, th- I thought it was a really good match i i mean i have no idea what this means for the future especially with lashley like and i wonder how much la- how much longer Lashley's gonna be with this company because like i don't really see if i don't really know what they do with him next now like unless they just become another shane goon i don't really see what else there is to do with him i you know see he's a heel i was like well I was like before this. I was watching with Jordan and Josh. I was like, "Can they do like Lashley and Brock now? Like, can we just see it and have them kill each other in five minutes?" I don't know. Like, Lashley tries hard, but obviously they don't know how to write for him, right? After. Right. And, and, and the guy that that actually actually ever had him moving is fucking sidelined for political reasons. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 sad to see. What, what, what Lashley's becoming here? Yeah, I mean, it, it also doesn't help that that man was like one of the least interesting characters in all of prof- all of his like run since he's been back. So that doesn't help either. Um, I guess we just move on from there. Uh, the SmackDown Live Tag Team Triple Threat Match: Brian and Rowan versus Xavier and Big E versus Heavy Machinery. I another match I enjoyed the hell out of. I thought all six came to play. I thought all it was is very much a um, another situation where Tucker is showing and proving that he's not just Janetti. He, I mean, he's still Janetti, but like it's the you know Janetti is also good, not the drugged out Janetti. Yeah, like um, one I took one thing away from this match, and it's apparently. When you put Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan together in the tag team, Daniel Bryan is the pin eater. Yes, yes, yeah, he is the Leo. Small. Yes, he is the Leo Onazaki from Queen's Quest. He is the uh, Saya Lita from Stars. He is there to do a job. Um, It doesn't matter that he's a first ballot WWE Hall of Famer. It doesn't matter that you know he's one of the best. um, He's one of the biggest stars that you've created, you've had over the last decade in the company. Uh, Anytime you, any you know, anytime there's a chance for you to protect Eric Rowan, you have to do it. That's just common sense, right? Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Just, just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so, but anyway, let, I think the main thing, the main takeover for me was that, like, Big E is back, and he looked like he was set to have, like, a breakout moment. That looked like a breakout moment at the end right there, where he powered through, um, took the slaps and punishment from Daniel Bryan, fought through the submission, um, took the slaps, uh, caught Daniel Bryan, and then they hit the midnight hour, and they won the match. I thought that was uh, things that was almost that was Roman in the Shield like. So, I, I feel like we've been hoodwinked into these Biggie moments, yes, like yes. twice a year for like the past 
three years and yep. it's just like yep. are they ever gonna fucking do it no okay whatever i mean <laughs> they have a reason, i will say this they have a reason to kind of do it and right or around now seeing that like there's money in one of the new day betraying kofi there absolutely is yeah and now we ain't gotta worry about broadcasting in on them yeah so who's party going to- time <laughs> so it's like all right so who's gonna face SummerSlam? Uh, we'll see. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of options, you know. I, are there? <laughs> it's SmackDown. I mean, that <laughs> they don't care about that. They'll they'll pluck anybody. They might fuck around and have Seth fight them. Oh my god! Again? Oh, uh, the, but but, but this time the bar's not going to barge in. This time, huh? Right. Okay. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So. I would I would say I think obviously I don't think the time is right right now, but I think there's gonna come a time when like heavy machinery and within the next six months will be tag champions. Yeah, um, fuck all night, talk night is determined to show up on pay per view that for all of Otis's goofiness, he's the one that's that if they break up in this company, he's gonna get the push because. Look at him. Yeah, but it's like, all right, I think ultimately it comes down to who's more charismatic and who's a better wrestler. Like, I think the thing is, like, yeah, I think who's we're coming bigger. to I think, I think we're coming to find out that Tucker is not a is not a stiff, which is like a lot more than we knew before, uh, even in NXT. But Otis is still Otis know. is a preliminary guy forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Like he'll always be—he'll always have a spot to be the charismatic, funny, uh, fat dude. Absolutely. Like yeah. the caterpillar, like the caterpillar will be around. Like even when he's done with WWE for whatever reason, like the caterpillar will be a thing when he's still doing wrestling anywhere else for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. So um, from there, the U.S. title match: Ricochet versus AJ Styles in what was the. How to get a pay per view and have the worst match out of their three matches? Go figure. The WWE, WWE, this up. It's the pace, man. Like their pacing is just so. Uh, I mean, you watch everywhere else, and you watch everywhere else, and you see the stuff they do in this match. And hell, you do it in NXT, and like they're not wrestling at this slow ass pace, and that's one of the things that that just gets you is. Like you have to have the, or in a match with with certain people that go a certain time, you have to wrestle at a certain pace, and you can't pick it up. Like you watch these, or I've been watching these G one matches. I, I'm cut up to date on all the G one matches, and it's like you watch that, or you watch Stardom, and you in singles matches, you just like they don't have to. They can speed up. They don't have to like work. Adam, they don't have to work at the speed of like a four out of ten the whole match. They don't, you know, they can sometimes work at a four like a Tanahashi and then speed it up into to a eight. It's, you know, it's it's really hard to watch. It's a slog at times, and lot and most of these AJ matches that don't pop are because of the pace. The problem is the pacing. It's not necessarily the the story of the match because it's always well wrestled and it's always crisp. It's just 
you know, unless there's like a crazy closing sequence based on people countering out of a finish or whatever else, like there's there's just nothing to pull there when those matches are not on point. And that's the problem that Seth has too in some of these matches. Yeah, I this is what people mean when they start saying AJ Styles is washed. Mm-hmm. Like the matches that are, that he's having. And I'm not blaming Ricochet for this because it's like, what type of clout does Ricochet have right now to be able to get a match changed a certain way to where he doesn't have the fucking um, the club out at ringside running up every time he wants to do something? Like, this was so disappointing on a million levels. This, like, these are two of the, get, these are it two didn't get of the, the chance to compete. Yeah, these are two of the very best wrestlers this country's that this country has ever produced, and they came out there and gave you three and a half star match. It's crazy. I mean, that's and literally, if you do this anywhere, hell, if you do this under a different umbrella of uh, or different banner or color scheme of WWE, this this would not be no three and a half star match. It'd been a four and a half star match minimum. And hell, I I saw their match. I saw their two matches on Raw. Both their matches were better. So somehow they're wrestling faster on t- on TV than they are on pay per views. I don't I don't get it. I, well, just, like the build, that's, that's, we have to build. Look, look, it's uh they have to wrestle fast because they know they can't go till the commercial break. <laughs> they have to win. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good point. That's a good incredible point. psychology that's, there. That's a that's a very good point. <laughs> I mean, is there anything else? Like, I mean, I'm sure they're gonna have a match at at SummerSlam that's gonna probably make up for this one. They're gonna be like, "Why the fuck can't you just do two of them instead of one?" No, no, no. We know they can do classes anytime they touch together because they're two of the most talented people on the planet. But how about this? We only give you one of them, but we're gonna have them wrestle like five times over that span. Right. It's like we gotta have a mid match to get you to like a a less mid match. Like <laughs> like come on man. Like no. Like let these motherfuckers go out there, burn it down. If you want to do it again, you have AJ Styles, like you you use your creative hat and have him cut a promo saying he wants to wrestle this man again. And how how difficult is that to do? Not very. Not very. Especially when they, when they, in other feuds, they'll just keep the shit going forever and ever and ever and find ways to give people. But no, these guys in AJ Styles feud, we have to do gimmickry and bullshit to extend it. Yeah. yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, honestly, um, I know like every, it, Ever since 2017, it feels like every single AJ Styles feud, like, it goes four months. Not three, four. So, strap in. Buckle yeah. Up. Yeah, so, um, yeah, next match after that, the WWE title match between Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe. Um, match is based around the middle finger, uh, the disrespect. So, uh, Joe dominates early. He gets him outside. He puts his, he lifts up Kofi's hand. He works over his hand, and then he um, ends up putting it into the still steps and uh, and then stomping on the steps. So then from there, at different points, he, he's um, he's working over the hand, and Kofi is trying to throw punches, but he thinks better of it because his hand is so messed up. So he ends up throwing headbutts and um, forearms and more kicks. Uh, Joe, Joe gets the better of him at a certain point, and then they go back and forth a little bit until... It pretty much hits the ropes and then or Joe hits the ropes and then Kofi ends up hitting him with trouble in paradise and pins him. 
is Samoa Joe in a championship match. He is now 0-8 over the last, like, 12 months in title matches. Get Samoa Joe... Get Samoa Joe the fuck off my screen. Do you say Samoa? Do you say Samoa Joe was zero and eight in title matches or zero and eighty? Because it feels oh. more like zero and eighty. <laughs> Same difference. Like, 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 get him the fuck off off my title matches. Like Joe's like, I, I won't say he's washed up, right? But I, what I will say is like, we know it's aura at this point. I could tell that man wasn't going to win. Why? Because he hasn't been working out. And usually when people are about to get a title reign, they'll show up in shape. Now, had, had Joe came in about 20 pounds lighter, I might have believed it for even a single second. But, um, yeah, I'm glad Kofi uh, continued holding the championship. You know, we do need to get Kofi higher profile opponents, someone that's on his level as a champion or higher. He needs a few with or else all these matches will not. They're not going to connect like that. The Ziggler stuff's not going to connect. This Joe thing's not going to connect at a level. I gave this just a, a gentleman's three, and I was just like, you know, where is it? Because I know Kofi can do it, so let him do it. Are, are they waiting for Randy Orton to come back around to challenge him? I don't know. I don't know. Like I was, I gave it a three as well. I was just like, yeah, it's 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 a it's a well wrestled match, but like it, it's just that. That's it. Um. Yeah, at one point, oh, sorry, I don't know at what point, because I didn't rate it, because who? why would you, but at one point, Kevin Owens came out, he, squ- he ends up against Ziggler, he squashes Ziggler, I think it was like a kick to the gut, then a stunner, and then a pin, or maybe there was one more exchange between that, and then it turned into the kick, and then the stunner, uh, so it was total nothing of a match, but after that, uh, Kevin Owens cut a promo, more or less reiterating what he said on SmackDown uh, last week, saying that, like, more or less intimating that he's coming after Shane, which is like, great, another Shane Owens feud on SmackDown. Because we didn't, because that didn't kill all of 2000, the second half of 2017 when they did it before then either, right? Oh, like, oh so well, well, it's di- well, no, it's different because the dynamics have changed. Owens is the babyface now, and Shane is the heel. Yeah. Um, no, thank I, you. I could care less. Like, I, I think that they are so desperate to get some type of they're they're trying to turn Kevin Owens into Stone Cold and Shane into Vince but the thing is people don't actually hate Shane the way they hated Vince McMahon back then yes. Shane's just annoying and yes. it's just it's it's troublesome just seeing him all the time because they push him like he's a superstar that people need to sell for, like Roman Reigns needs to sell for, Undertaker needs to sell for at different times, and it's completely ridiculous that these trained fighters who fight every day have to cower in fear from, uh, you know, Shane McMahon. And seeing what they're doing now with Owens and him is like, do you guys have another? Try something else, please. (laughs) I think the thing is that, and yes, you're right about this, but I think the main thing that really gets them and where they screw up is when they go for this, they can do, they can throw in Stephanie or they can throw in Hunter or they can throw in uh, Shane and really it's only ever worked when it was Daniel Bryan and, and the authority or they, they, their issue that they, that they're not thinking of when they do this stuff is the exciting incident is the Montreal screw job, which and then Vince comes out there and tries to tell you that his fifty-something-year-old ass uh, 
you know, could have beat could have beat Bret in a fucking fight in a legit shoot. Uh, after screwing him for his belt, and then after that, you have Stone Cold go up against him, and so the people hate his fucking guts, so then they decide, forget the time-honored tradition nonsense, let's make him actually Miss McMahon. So, then, then you know, that's where it is. That's the that's where you go from there. Like, there was a, something that legitimately happened that pissed people off about this about this crooked fucking booker. With the Shane, with the Shane stuff, it was like, oh, he screwed over Miz. Okay. Right. And it's like, oh, so he's also like not nearly as good at he's like he's not charismatic like Stephanie or Vince. He's you know and he and it's like it's totally unbelievable he could actually be in a match with these dudes. He's actually had wrestling and gentlemen matches when like when Vince was doing this, Vince was getting his ass kicked in every three weeks by 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 uh Austin. He's getting his ass kicked yeah. in every three weeks and then had but, proxies but, but fight his Shane, fights for him. But for Shane, we gotta keep him undefeated for eight or nine months at a time, so only the Undertaker can come back and beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's you know, and at least when they did the Daniel Bryan and the Authority thing, it was like the inciting incident is that the guy that everybody that everybody at the time wanted to be the champion got screwed, and then you made him chase, and you fucked him every turn, and then you pissed people off so much that. When you legitimately were not trying to actually like get it to WrestleMania, CM Punk leaves. The crowd is shitting on Batista. I mean, you have and you're you, you know you're you know you, you're forced. Your hands are forced. So you have to finish finish off uh, the story that you told and wanted to kill off. So, I mean, that's the reason why the you know the Triple H. Roman thing only worked for, you know, it had moments like when he beat the piss out of uh, Triple H with the chair at TLC 2015 or when he's punching out Vince, Vince's um, the guest ref. But outside of that, there's really no sustained thing to make it work. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, the main event mixed tag match between both titles on the line. WWE Championship, WWE Universal Championship, and the Raw Women's Title match are both in line. When his champions Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins take on in a mixed match challenge match, mixed match, a, a mixed match, Extreme Rules match against Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin, uh, where winner take all. This is the end of the road for Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans for their title shots and. Corbin and uh, and Lacey can can win if their teammate wins uh, themselves. So, I mean, this match was not good. I this stunk. It it had a couple moments like the like the leg drop the the leg drop through the table, the kendo stick stuff, and um, the frog splash through the table. Outside of that, there is it's just a it's a grapple. It's it's, it's nonsense. I, I was confused because they were just standing on the apron once again and not tagging in or yep. trying to jump in the match at you know each other because this could have been a all out war. Yeah. Um, for as much as you know, we like to clown on Lacey. The physicality ain't her issue. Right. Like, so, <laughs> can't it, it, get hit. Like, and, and, and that's and, oh, and that's most of the battle. 
and she got hit. Becky was like giving her like for that punch that she gave her. It looked like she was giving her all types of receipts um, <laughs> in this match with the fucking kendo stick with throwing her freaking one at drop. one point. Lacey that leg drop is not pretty. Lacey threw the chair in the air, hits Becky in the face, yep. like so. It, they was letting each other have it, but uh, this was Seth Rollins' pro wrestling. Uh, in the battle of Seth Rollins versus Will Ospreay, I guess Seth Rollins might have got credit for two matches tonight, but um, the business collapsed on his watch uh, as the champion. They did they did him no favors, um, and it was time to make a switch. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to go through Baron Corbin to get it. And we don't have to see Lacey Evans continue to cool the jets of the person you put over in the main event of WrestleMania. I went two and a half stars on this. And, you know, they they went for the shock moment where where Corbin gave uh, Becky the move and the crowd was like up in arms and Seth finally snaps. And it's like, well... Why was this match booked in the first place? Because this could have happened. You can't actually disqualify him for, for it. it. It's just like that we have to bend our heads around so much to make these rules like kind of make sense when none of it really matters because it's an extreme rules match. Right. Like the women can't hit the men, the men can't hit the women, but they, they are they are watching Lacey Evans beat the shit out of Seth Rollins with the um with the damn kendo stick and it's like, well you can't disqualify her, so what are the rules really? Yeah, right. And that's the thing that's I. This is the reason why I hate multi-person tag matches. Is like, look, man, bro. I'm it, sure I couldn't book this match in this stipulation in 2K. <laughs> right. So, but even that is just the. If we're talking about even like five for the fall, like dude, the the triple threat tag matches are all fucking dumb because it's triple threats. So there's no rules. If there's no rules, it's tornado. And if you don't do a tornado, you make everybody look like fucking morons. Yep. And I guess we gotta talk about it. Yeah. So, oh, oh, so yeah, you you mentioned two and a half. I had a two and a half too. So like, but I was I think it was more a little bit more positive you on the show. But like, you know, top to bottom, considering I thought I had nothing. I I did not watch any build. I didn't care about any of this thing. I just saw the matches. Lot these matches. A lot of these matches come through, and a lot of them did. So for me, I give it one thumb up. Yeah, I, I don't really know how the thumbs up scale works. Or oh, anything, oh but. thumbs up more or less is like, all right, there's, you know how there's, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle. Like, I had the same thing except, like, on on, on both spectrums, I'll have two thumbs down and two thumbs up. That's me. Oh, okay. So I gave it one <laughs> thumb up. Uh, got you. I got thumbs in the side, like you know. I <laughs> so thumbs was, middle. Like, okay, cool. You know, like how Cesaro and the bar be doing, like <laughs> thumbs in the middle. Okay. It's like I saw way too much great wrestling this week, and it was like, it's, like I said at the beginning of the show, like it's not that this show or a beginning of our call off the air. I was like, it's not that the show was bad. I just thought a lot of it was there, right, 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 and, and not really aiming high. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when those are your main, when those are your two biggest ma- matches, you definitely aren't aiming high. Even though one achieved, the other one, you know, did about what we thought it was going to do. So thank God, Brock, one of them came through. Brock comes out, bro. I tell you, when Brock came out, I was fucking jumping up and down, hollering, laughing, uh, <laughs> and, and saying, "Come get this man, Brock, in this shit." And for me, it makes no difference whether Brock Lesnar sits at home with the Universal Title or Seth Rollins defends the belt in bad matches. It's a wash. Like, 
I, I've written that belt off like as such, and I encourage everyone else to do to do so because it literally doesn't matter until it does, and that when it does, it's going on Roman Reigns. I, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to get Brock to SmackDown. That's really what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, the wild card rule. <laughs> It can't just be that because like, why the fuck would he ever show up? He's a champion. He has he has everything you need. And he has it on his own show. So why the fuck would he ever give a fuck? Why would he ever care about going on SmackDown? Look, maybe he's not going. Maybe, I don't believe maybe, that for a second. Like maybe maybe he you know Vince, because Raw will always be Vince McMahon's baby. Rich, the reason why they did this, the wild card rule is because they they one time dropped below two million for a third hour. You know and, what's funny on, about all finish, that? Let me finish. Hold on. And the reason they dropped the little third hour, and then USA Network told asked Vince, "Why the fuck is it running on is it on Raw?" And then and then the wild card came up the very next week. So I have a hard time believing that they're not going to be doing uh, they're not going to be doing Brock on SmackDown because that will then be their A show. You you know what was funny is like when a when a month later, like when the wild card rule collapsed, Brock was on all those shows, not moving the needle. So it's it's just hilarious how Vince McMahon talks himself into thinking Lesnar is the answer. I saw a lot of people putting out um, finger poke of doom references. Uh, of course, this being WCW that we're living in, uh, the plan is to get the belt back on Hogan so eventually Goldberg can go through the NWO to get it back again. But Goldberg puts his arm through glass. So all we got to do is make sure Roman Reigns doesn't punch a limo or anything, and then uh, eventually he can chase down Brock. <laughs> Dude, um, I think that calling Roman Reigns Goldberg is absurd, except for the spear. Goldberg was, at one point, the second biggest draw of the entire Attitude Era. Or the third. So, I find that to be fucking ludicrous. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I, I mean, you know, I, I'm just aggregating the situation. I, I get I, you. I get you. However, that's bullshit. Don't do that I, ever again. Uh, Roman Reigns, <laughs> there, there's, no, there, there's no proof that Roman Reigns is drawing a dime. Like, oh. they, they, a WrestleMania came and went without him, like, at this point. <laughs> I mean, right now, he's, I mean, he's below Becky and Seth. Or, no, actually, he's below only Becky right now. Right now. But, I mean, once they get him out of a shitty program, maybe that changes, right? I think a lot of people just giving up on him because it's like, why wouldn't you give up on him? He's been doing this. He lost a fucking shaming man. There is no hope. <laughs> right? Like, they, they have to book him versus Shane the next two days, right? I don't on know. On one of these shows to do it and, and, and destroy him, right? I or, don't know. like, because if they, if they don't put him against Lesnar at SummerSlam, right? Then what the fuck did they do with this man? He didn't turn on the Undertaker. Undertaker ain't turned on him either. Correct. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a, you know they just out here doing shit. I'm sure they'll figure it out like tomorrow at 4 p.m. So that boy Seth Rollins, <laughs> that that boy Seth Rollins kept the red belt warm for Brock. That's hilarious. Yeah. L's. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, I think I think that's kind of all I got on um, Extreme Rules. Uh, do you want to just move on to Fight for the Fallen? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so a lot of these reviews for Fight for the Fallen, I can't really give you because there's too much shit going on these matches, and I mean there are stories, but like there's so much action going on that hell the camera can't keep up with. So why should I be able to remember it a day <laughs> later, right? And I'm out here getting spanned by flips, so. 
Yeah, six man tag match. I, uh, you want to go through the? You have any thoughts specifically on the uh, pre-show? Yeah, um, the librarian gimmick is going to get over. Uh, I'm going to say it now and watch it grow. And it actually is starting to get over because when they came out for the, the to do the breakup with Paige and Jericho, the people were, were shushing when Peter Avalon came out. So it, it's going to work. Um, I'm excited about seeing B Priestley uh, in you know AEW as well as uh, Shoko Nakajima. It's my first time ever seeing her. She was a ball of fire. Um, and you see why Riho got those wins to establish her to essentially end up putting someone else over. It all kind of makes sense, and you'll notice that pattern with AEW like going forward. Like that, like even Allie to give Brandy a win, they built Allie up. Right. So like. It all kind of like flows into each other. Yeah. Um, and and, and but, one thing for the people, hold on real quick. One thing for the people that like they hear 50 50 booking, but they don't understand the difference between 50 50 booking and wins and mat- wins and losses not mattering. You can do 50 50 booking if you make your wins and losses matter. So the stuff they're doing at AEW where Rio gets a win on the main card, so then she then gets pinned or beaten in um, the next show by someone different right or or like when we talk about G1 G1 stuff where like somebody in the G1 someone that wins the G1 faces someone like a, the month later at the next at destruction or whatever else against someone that beat them in the block like I remember uh, was it 2017 when Evil ended up uh, beating uh, Okada okay. right yep. right like that's like oh okay that makes sense, right? It's like, okay, that, that's to sell, like, you know, this person has something over them, so they have a reason to fight each other. So I want to, so you want to see that match, and then that person eventually gets their win back, you know, more, more times than not. Like, that is wins and losses mattering. It, like, it's not just, okay, I mean, sometimes, preferably for me, I would have it to be where, like, it's tiered, where, like, okay, um, person X, person X, Y, and Z, their top, people so they only can lose to themselves or to on occasion somebody that's at the upper mid card like right. that that's in a perfect ideal what you how you would do it but in this instance because we haven't really established for the most part um the hierarchy of the mid card in AEW that's why that one worked out for me like cuz i don't know what exactly is the lay of the land for the women's division in AEW they just be out here like doing matches it's just deep right <laughs> right um it's not nearly as it's not nearly as um fleshed out as the upper mid card in the top guys in the singles division for the men are yet Anyway, uh, what was the other was the other match? The Librarian versus uh, Avalon versus Sunny Kiss, right? Yeah, Sunny Kiss came out in Jalen Ramsey jersey, which like had me dying immediately. Only I like shared with myself why. I didn't even tell you until like the the, the day after that that happened, yeah. and I was like, wow. But like, I don't I don't think too many people caught it because there were only some tweets about it. Um, I, I thought Sunny Kiss. I thought the entrance was great. First thing I thought was the uh, Nitro Girls because they had the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguar cheerleaders with them. I was like, "Are we going to get the uh, Dynamite Girls? Sign me up!" In, like <laughs> in the layout, in the layout of the uh, amphitheater, oh, thing, it great. looked like it looked like some WCW shit. Yes, um, and you know, I, I thought it match was okay for what it you know was meant to do. I, I think Sunny Kiss's strikes look like shit. 
Mm. Either I think he should not do them or work on them, but he's athletic as fuck, and Peter Avalon's a solid worker. If anyone's going to get the librarian uh, gimmick over, it's him, just because, like, he's a he's a great character kind of actor, it seems like, and he's... He just walks with such a disdain for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the main card, six-man tag match, MJF and Sammy, know, Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears, Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger versus the Team Hardcore, Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey. I get back down by... Enzo Amore Janela. So, Joey White Claw Janela. I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's a drink. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. So, uh, I mean, a lot of it is, ta- you know, individuals, not teams, that nobody trusts each other on their own team. Everybody's still trying to steal each other's shine. There's turmoil, especially amongst the, uh, the, MJF Sean Spears uh, contingency. Uh, it looked, I mean, I don't know how you want to cover this, but more or less, like Sean Spears only fought dudes when he had the advantage. He came in and he got the pin at the by the end of the match, and he pinned the dude that um, that that Cody could not finish off in 20 minutes. So I thought it was interesting. And then yeah. after, after while he's celebrating MJF, like he's, because you know he Cody's his. Uh, he claims that Cody is his best friend. He looks like he's go- like because he, but he's also a shit heel. Like he's going to sneak up and beat the piss out of or jump uh, Sean Spears. Sean Spears turns turns around and then MJF ain't don't want no smoke, so he backs off like a coward because he's at at the end of the day he's still a heel. Yeah, uh, Sammy Guevara was like a one man highlight reel yes. in this match, just flying all around like. Get your shit in All Star. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Havoc actually was kind of decent as well, and I think Darby Allen like he's gonna he's gonna be a superstar one day. I just I just see it all over the guy. Yeah, he was super over with that first tag he got because they 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 really appreciated him going the distance with <laughs> just like Rocky. They really appreciate him going the distance with with I guess for lack of a better word the champ and, and Cody. So <laughs> so yeah, I thought yeah. I, Gave it like three and a half stars. I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, I went three and three quarters on it just because of uh, what's his yeah. name, Guevara's athletic brilliance. Yeah, um, yeah. He had a he had a moment where he ends up going like he has like three different big diving jumping moves in a row. So yeah. Um, then saying fuck Jim Cornette. That was funny. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, so. Then we go to the very worst match I've seen, maybe or mm, the worst match in professional and major league professional wrestling this year that I've seen. I mean, it's probably in the top. Let's see. There are there. Oh, um, th- let's see. No. Hold on. Wait. 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 Besides, like Becky Lynch versus Alicia Fox, what else is there? That was Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin at Stomping Grounds. That With wasn't a worst match. Up. That was not a worse match than uh, than Allie versus Brandy. They fucked up everything, or not everything. They fucked up half of the stuff they tried. Like they missed the strikes left and right, Rich. And I mean missing. I don't mean like oh they missed by a couple inches. I mean no, they missed by a whole damn foot. <laughs> so I don't know. 
I don't. If it was that bad, I think they would have started chanting CM Punk and everything else. <laughs> it was. It was the second match of the show. <laughs> Get it out of here, then. Like, and it went way too fucking long. That's another part about it. Like it went like. You watch that match, you think Brandy. I don't know if I don't not sure if she's better than uh than than Billy Kay or Peyton Royce, but I know that she was out there way longer than WWE ever puts those two out there. So it went out there and it was suffering. I think she's inexperienced and also like for how long she's been in business, her actual age and what she's actually got to do at this point. It's more inexperienced because she didn't look totally lost out there. There were just moments of like hesitation and just unfamiliarity. And I think <clears throat> we don't need these matches, <laughs> like to say the least, because this will lower the average if Brandy's coming out here doing whatever. But is if it's a vehicle to get the calm versus calm popped off, I I can you know handle that. I ultimately feel like. They swapped the two matches around between the um, the Britt Baker, B. Presley, uh, Nakajima, and um, Riho match. It feels like that was going to be in the main card, and they swapped it so they can do the angle with uh, Asia Kong, Asia Kong and, uh, and Awesome Kong. And I feel like it's the only reason why that match got why those matches got flipped around. And I mean, if that's what you want to do, cool. But I I wouldn't put that on my I wouldn't put that on a thing like I unless they have a good reason for her to be in the ring she should not be wrestling anymore like they can use her in so many different um ways or better yet do the same match cut it in half it don't need to be it doesn't need to go how if it went longer than ten minutes which is what like why so. I mean, whatever. It was the worst match I saw. It's been the worst match. Pro, yeah, major I, 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 I want to say that Rollins and Corbin's match got a smooth one star from Dave. Like, I want to say that. I'm sure it did. However, you play them back to back. There's no way you're going to come away saying, oh, yeah, that match was worse. Like, it's worse on the fact that, like, oh, yeah, this is the fucking main event. What are y'all doing? Oh, yeah, definitely that. But, like, in a vacuum, no. No. Um, yeah, so... Uh, from there, triple threat tag uh, tag match, which is, I believe, it is the. Oh boy, I'm losing my mind on what. Uh, oh yeah, so I'm sorry. It is the Dark Order versus uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus. I'm blanking on the thirteen. Oh, Jack Evans and and, and Jellico. Yep, yep. Jack yep. Jack Evans and Un Helico from um, All Out. Or not all out from double or nothing. So, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of flippery, too many moves to even try to keep track of. Um, at one point, I mean, I think the two stars of the match, one was Luchasaurus, number two was uh, Jungle Boy. Um, it's a triple threat match, so they're tagging, and then all of a sudden it breaks to a six-way at different points. Um at one point, Marco Stunt decides to get in the ring, and he does a <laughs> he does a top floor uh, Hurricane Rana spot, which was awesome. But it was like, okay, so like, why is this happening? Yeah, like, I, I, like where's the DQ? Yeah, well, Actually, there third is match. no DQ. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. Think, I think the only thing it really explained was that we're not doing DQs here. What we'll do is, if someone interferes, we just throw their ass out, and then yeah, like it's referee if, discretion. Right, right, right. Yeah, so. I think it's just like, you know, that's how they handle it. Like, you know, they did the same thing with Daniels um, in a, later in the show, which is, like, funny because the Lucha Bros fucked with Daniels first. Daniels is getting even, and they threw him out. I was like, okay, all right. 
Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I thought that the um, well, what's his name? Um, the 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 skinny bald dude from Grayson uh, from Grayson Grayson, who's like I don't know Steve he's, Grayson. He's a very he's a, good worker. Yeah, uh, I think he got over as a wrestler, and Evil Uno was good as well, but. There's something that's not connected with him. The wrestling is awesome, but their gimmick fucking sucks. And yeah, I yeah. And, and mind you, there's a human dinosaur in this match, and their gimmick sucks. Like, and it's not the human dinosaur that I'm like tripping right. on. The human dinosaur is when it's over, and the human dinosaur is a dude that looks like he, Jesus, like that man's a world champion in any era. Yeah, he looks like a million bucks. Like I don't know what the face and the hair looks like without the mask, but that dude, like, unless he's like. Unless he looks like a monstrosity, that dude looked like he could have been belted up in a lot of different like promotions around this world over the last like in the last thirty years of pro wrestling history. Especially because right. that dude, especially because he's like that. Look how he moves. Look at the stuff he does. Yeah, that dude. That dude definitely. You know. Um, well, all these big. All these big uh, flip motherfuckers that, or these big motherfuckers doing flips, and you know, Lance Archer having the G one, he's on a roll of his <laughs> life, and we're stuck watching Baron Corbin in main events. And, and Elias, them. don't forget Elias. And Elias, yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. uh, Source was awesome, yep, incredible, and I think their act is going to be one that is going to be really popular with kids, women, and men. So, what do you think of them pinning Jungle Boy as opposed to like you know getting Angelico or uh, or Jack Evans pinned? What do you think of that? I thought it was stupid. Um, the only thing I can think of is they didn't want to beat them again because Jack Evans and Angelico lost at double or nothing, I believe, to the best friends. Mm-hmm. And um, you're not going to pin Luchasaurus, obviously. Look right. at him, and then that kind of like left Jungle Boy out to dry. But I mean, Jungle Boy. The, the luxury is you can beat him like a drum forever until you actually tell us his story. However, to contradict myself again, <laughs> they're, 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 they're assuming that everyone knows who Jungle Boy is and the audience is here. But I think, you know, this is, is he's 22 years old, right? Right. And right. he can he was, literally go on a journey younger. with him. Well, wait, I thought he was maybe even younger than that. I thought he was like 20. Yeah, he could be. I, I think okay. he's. I, I, yeah, he's. He's somewhere in that area. Okay. But okay. this is a guy you can take on a journey. You can put him in there. Like, what's stopping them from putting him in there with Kenny Omega, right? And having him take Kenny Omega to the limit before Kenny like gets rid of him at the end. Kenny shaking his hand, be like, "Yo, you're you're like." Like, made that man look like Bret Hart in one, two, three kid or some shit like that. And then, like, he has to build back up to one day he fights Omega. You can literally do that with him, how they did Darby Allen kind of with Cody, but even more effectively because I think uh, Jungle Boy is a more dynamic wrestler than Darby Allen is. So I, I think that's a long journey that you got to take folks on. So it it stinks that they pinned them, but I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, Jungle Boy is 22 years old, so I mean, ultimately, they can, if he becomes just a a, a solid mid car guy for a couple years, and like that's fine, that's fine as it is right now. Like he doesn't need to be, you know. And like, then eventually, it's a long road towards the title. Like the long play is like that's him in like you know two in and beyond 18 months. Like that's in you know 36 months. So yeah. right. 
and he can change his name to Jack Perry, like Luke Perry, his right. dad. Right. So eventually, so yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you have a rating on that match? I, I just started. Do you yes. have a rating on the match? I just basically like all the tag matches except for like the the SAU match. I just basically gave like a a blanket yeah. like three and a half, three three and three quarters. <laughs> I gave that one a four uh, because that one I thought was better than the opener. Okay. Yeah, I just I. <sighs> Like the mayhem and all these matches, just like, uh. okay. So, um, then this is where the this is where the the show really like was like, okay. Was like, we should probably mention the heat at some point. I think I think this might be where it is right here. So Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. Oh, they went out there and I don't know. They went they went nineteen minutes on a twenty minute time limit, and you have you have. Adam Page is about to be be in a title match against Chris Jericho to become the inaugural AEW champion, and you have him go 19 minutes on a 20 minute time limit with a pre with a dude that was in a pre show from Double or Nothing. What the fuck? Yeah, that was incredibly short sighted. Also, the gimmick knee injury, I believe that it is a gimmick, is doing. Oh, that Seth Rollins shit. Blonde Seth went out there and had a Seth Rollins match. Yes. Uh, the gimmick knee injury has never made anything better, ever. Ask Becky Lynch about it. <laughs> and why they want to do this with him, I guess that's to give him some of what Kip Sabian brought up in his pre-show promo. It's like, he's the hangman's like this chosen one. He's getting a special treatment. He's a member of the elite. And Jericho like talked about it as well. And And I guess that's to humanize him, the knee or whatever, but... I don't know. How about trying to make this motherfucker look impressive? Like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm out of touch with this or something, James, but this motherfucker is supposed to be wrestling for the world title, the inaugural champion of all elite wrestling. And he's going in there fresh off of a geek battle royal win. Yep. An unimpressive fatal four way. Yep. And a three and a quarter match. With a dude, as you just mentioned, that was on the pre-show a month ago. You gave that three and a quarter? That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, like, get that, I didn't get that shit three stars. I got that shit two and three quarters. <laughs> like, I don't think, like, it's not even, I don't think he looks like, no, this guy is not at the level right now. Yeah. And, and the whole idea should have been to be at the level. The whole idea should have been, yeah, we know this dude isn't there, so we have to build him to make him credible. Like, they may as well just hand Jericho the belt. <laughs> like we thought, like before was even well after double or nothing. We all thought, okay, Jericho be champion. Like, of course not. Of course, you know, of course, Anna Page is going to win. And they, I mean, probably if you know, if not for the Dragon Gate Championship, like. It would have been, you know, Jericho versus Pop, probably, right? But once it turns into we got to put Hangman in there, you have to put on the full court press to try to make that dude come off like he could actually legitimately stand a chance to uh, to stand across from Kenny Omega or Chris Jericho and be a reasonable threat to win the title. You could buy it. You could believe it. Like, hell, we talk, you know, people shit on WWE left and right. At least by the go-home show of WrestleMania, it had you believing that, like, oh, yeah, Seth is actually a physical threat to Brock Lesnar. 
He beat the piss out of him with that chair, if I'm, or he did something to beat the hell out of him with it, or with something. <coughs> like at least they did that. What have they done with, with Adam? With, with Adam? Adam Page. So uh, what have they done with him? They just like, oh, he goes out there and he's unimpressive. He's thoroughly unimpressive every time you see him. Okay, yeah, s- sign me up. Yeah, I'm not digging it. I don't even know why. Like, they're not even telling us why they call him the hangman. They might want to look into changing that gimmick because Jericho, every time he talked about him, called him the hangman, which is fucking like, it makes you just think like, oh, what is his gimmick? I don't, I don't get it. Like, and another thing about it is like, they've never done nothing with him outside of like, let him go out there and just get a spot on the card because Look what look I mean look this wasn't a that was not that show was not AEW but look at all in he's in a feud he's in a feud with who did he fight Janela right Joe yeah. Janela he fights Janela why did he fight Janela I don't even remember I I don't remember okay you know you remember you watch the fucking show every single week right so that lets you know everything and then he gets taken off and then he gets taken off by Dick Druids. Yeah, he was the actual guy that Handman was feuding with was Joey Ryan. Right, because he murdered him. Except he did right. because it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> right. Like, so, like, I'm just saying, like, the most we know about him is that he murdered the dick guy, and then the dick guy came back to life and then abducted him, and then, like, he just showed back up knowing, like, no explanation, almost like when they told us that the Wyatt family abducted Daniel Bryan and let him off in the, in the middle of a, of a parking lot. Like, what the fuck? Bro, imagine if they were trying to put the world title on Triple H in 1997. This is what this feels like. <laughs> like this needs to be like we need to wait two years and then try again. Like yeah. tell them to hit the gym. Like you know, show you're a badass. Like if you're like I don't know. I think he should either he should pick a pick a lane. Do you want to be a rough and tough guy or do you want to be like a body guy? Because like the way like Jim Ross was talking about him, right? It's like, all right, you're trying to make it seem like he's a combination of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Magnum TA. I don't get any of that. Like, <laughs> like this is just a guy in cowboy boots with long, pretty, uh, uh, blonde hair. Yeah, like it's funny because last year I was like, oh yeah, he's blonde Seth, and I'm like, uh, as much as Seth out here struggling right now, this Seth, they they let Seth talk like. <laughs> Yeah. This man talk like he gets to that. He gets in, he he comes out and wins the match, and then after that, like Jericho, who's dressed as one of the Dark Order goons, I think they call the Dark Order goons creeps, which is like, oh god, that'll that'll help get your act over. Anyway, uh, he, Jericho, yeah, Jericho comes out as one of the creeps, and the second he comes out, you're like, I don't know how how people didn't know, but like. They need to see the code breaker to realize it was Jericho in the Judas effect. He ends up bussing uh, Adam. He's a splitting uh, Adam Page's shit. Uh, and Judas affecting him. Yeah, man, man was Judas affected. So then he he leaves. affected by Judas, if you will. So he just leaves, and then you know because it was billed as like, okay, Jericho will be out here. I thought that was the end, and then Jericho comes back later in the show, and we'll get to that after that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was really an unimpressive showing for for Paige throughout the night. Uh, so then after that, you get Lucha Brothers SCU, and it's like, thank God, come through, thank God, thank thank you Phoenix, thank you Zarian, thank you Scott. Thank you, at this point, the heat is unbelievable at this point. I know Jeremy was there. I didn't go. I was supposed to go to this show, but I did not go, and I don't regret it. 
Yeah, I thought that you were there. That's why I sent you. I asked you about the heat because I just thought, okay, they're probably getting beat down because it's probably like eighty-five, even with yeah. the sun, right? So then you're like, you weren't there. I was like, wait, what? You ain't there, huh? Okay. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, you know, they they have a back and forth match. They're trying to top each other between the SCU Chance and uh, Sarah Miero, uh, Sarah Miero. So uh, then it then breaks into you know tornado tag wrestling. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just spot porn, uh, and uh, eventually there's this interaction where um, the Lucha Bros end up attacking Daniels. Daniels gets, you know, kind of gets his bearings. He comes back and tries to attack. He or he does attack, and then uh, they throw him out. I believe Aubrey, yep, Aubrey Edwards was the ref. Bro, uh, girl, Hebner he his more, ass out. Bro, Daniels does the fucking uh, the split leg moonsault off the rope to the outside. Then yep. he looks dead in the camera. And he's like forty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was that. fucking yes. yeah, I was fucking howling I when thought, he did that shit. You know what I thought you were gonna say? I thought you were gonna say that like yes, he said he uh, he does the split leg moonsault to get vengeance on them fuckers that they hit him for no reason, attack them unsolicited, and then all of a sudden he's like, wait, when uh, when when uh, Aubrey Edwards went to throw him out, and he was like, wait, what did I do? I thought yes, so you're gonna like uh, make be the punchline, but yes, he did do the forty nine. Like yes, we old out here, <laughs> balling. <laughs> Bro, I love Daniels. Like, I'm not sure ball. I know you hear my sneaks. Yes, yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Like, like when he comes to the ring, he's like bobbing to the music. It's like this old fucker. Like, he's... the be- the best part about, or one of the funny parts about uh the entrance was that he had the mic in the mic stand, right, and then the yeah. mic fell out halfway through the thing, and he's like, "Fuck!" And then he had to make it work, and he still did the SCU thing. I was like, "Boy, it's." And he was sweating up a storm because it was hot as fuck. He ain't even in the match. He ain't in the match. He had to do two things in the match. He had two spots in that whole match. It was sweat up a storm through that shirt. Uh, so yeah, man, it was hot out there. Um, yeah, I yeah, liked so, the match. But yeah, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good match. I, uh, I think I had I've had it at four, four and a quarter. I think I, I had really that good. one at three and three quarters. Yeah. I don't know. Like for some reason, for that that match worked for me more than the other ones. I don't know why. I think it was because it was easier to. It was four. It was only four bodies or five. So Daniels, six. Like <laughs> the six people and these other uh, multi 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 tag matches. Um, I yeah. think one thing that hurts. Uh, I think because at this point, like this, is where the show kind of picks up or right this uh, going into the uh, Sema match, Sema Kenny match, but. The previous shows, and this show was still a good show. I still would give it one thumb up. But, like, the two previous shows, like, there was a diversity on the main card of, okay, this is this is Cody's NWA 80 sh- shit that his dad would have booked, right? This, <laughs> is, this is the Young Bucks spot porn here. This is the Jericho or Moxley brawl right here brawl slash whatever else here and then like there's other flippy shit going on okay. and then there's also like a the, uh, Joshi match right like those all had diversity so much different like on this card it was like okay throw six bodies at it and have them just like do a bunch of dives so I, fe- I felt like that hurt the card as well along with you know the circumstances of the weather um yeah so I believe did the Jericho thing go on before or after the Kenny match? After the Kenny match. Okay, so we'll go to Omega and, and Sema. Um, 
It's glad to be reminded that Kenny Omega is still fucking great, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's funny. You, 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 it's funny because you, you were going through each of the everyone's like kind of style that's been getting to be showcased, and then now we, the third show, when we finally get the Kenny Omega singles match that that I wanted, the big bout, whatever, the big bout. Yes, the big bout from the big bout machine, the, the best bout machine, like. Oh, I was I was just like five minutes into this match. I was like, this is fucking glorious. It's so fast. It's so crisp. It's so technical. And it, it is hard hitting. I never want to hear someone talking shit about there's too many V triggers again. Because if you look at the, the amount of fucking knees that Shima threw, my God. But Oh, yeah. If you include the, the Meteoras, like he was spamming the fuck out of the Meteora. Yeah. So yeah. The thing for me is I, I thought this was just a good match. Until you get the meteora onto the table from the yes. uh, from the uh, from the stage, so I, that's when it all changed for me. I was like, okay, here we go. And then, like for me, like it's always funny when you go and you look at like um, observer awards and like one wing angel win for best maneuver. I'm like, why the fuck is Kenny Omega's best maneuver? To people, the one wing angel is the best maneuver. His best maneuver is the V trigger. His second best maneuver yeah. is the is these dragon suplex. Get the fuck out of here. So well, when he starts th- when, when he, look when he starts throwing brain when he starts bouncing brains off the canvas with the and the dragon uh with the dragon suplex. That's what I'm like. Yes, that's that's what we need. That's what that's what's happening. I need to see br- brains bouncing, brains scrambling. So. I- I fucking loved it. Like I, I yeah. loved this match. It, it it was a classic. Like I went I didn't I didn't have the heart to give it five, but I went four point seven five on it. So Yeah, I, uh, I had it at I had it at four and I had it at four and three quarters and I didn't I at that point I didn't know if it was the best or second best match I've seen this week between um that and the Ishii match. Ishii and um Cobb. Like I love both of those matches. I think I liked the Ishii Cobb match a little more uh, because it fits more into because I the Ishii stuff is so easy to get into from from just from the get go, and this one took a little bit of time, and I wasn't really that big of a fan of of Shima just like. What did you think of Shima? Because I know you were concerned a, coming in. He came to play. I I still I um I don't think that he's what he probably was a decade ago, right? But right. I- I he's think still Kenny very, was very good, and he can be carried. Like he's probably someone that can be out there and consistently, if you wanted to. Like, hey, I need you to go out there and have a four star match. I think he, could, I think you'd be like more more times than not, he could do it for you. I, but I think he need to be. He needs to be in there with somebody that's one of the best workers in the world for him to go to go out there and have you know that kind of match he had with Kenny, that level, that that near five star, that over four and a half type thing. I think he needs to be in there with, you know, the Ospreys, Ishis, Io Shirai's, Walters, Pete Dunn's, Ricochet's, Gargano's of the world for that. Yeah. Um, the, the Andrade's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, what the fuck was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Um, it was about Kenny? I think it was about Shima. Um, what do you want to do? Well, let's do this. Well, while you think about it, what do you want from him next? Like, what do you see from him? Do you want him to just bring back the strong hearts and try to, uh, get, get back into the fold and tag teams, uh, situation? Or do you want to see more single stuff with him? I would, I would welcome like more singles action, like from him. And then like, um, some of the guys that are like, 
you know, more out of the Kenny like kind of style, like the the Flyers. Mm-hmm. I love to have him go in there with those guys. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Um, Kenny was very he gave Shima a lot in this. Like Shima beat the fuck out of him for like I would say this was like a sixty five thirty five match. Like hmm. I think Kenny was was, was supremely unselfish like there are times like Omega's office is just so flash lightning. He can just eat you up quick, but he, um, he allowed Shima to beat the shit out of him. I, well, I didn't really think of, I didn't really think about it. Or I guess I just didn't notice it, but I just thought like, okay, it's going back and forth until the, and, and then it was like the V trigger started flying. I was like, okay, it's a wrap. <laughs> that's that's, you know, that's kind of how I saw it. Like, I, I kind of felt like it was a, I, I didn't really notice the, you know, that he had got much. I mean, I, I do remember there was a stretch towards the probably like the la- like the middle or the third, fourth of the match where he's just like when he starts spamming uh, meteors, just like okay, he's starting to get in. That's that's when I kind of noticed it. Like okay, he's he has advantage of this match, but I never thought it was like Kenta being the piss out of like Tanahashi. Or, nah, or, it wasn't that level. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, so yeah, this right. I, I was thinking since like you know since the G one started this week, Kenny he he just wanted to feel at home and, and wrestle a Japanese <laughs> dude in the first week or first week or first or second week of July or whatever. And this was Kenny's uh, first day of the G one match. <laughs> you dumb. Okay, so. After that, we get a Jericho promo. Jericho says that I I did want thank yous, but not from y'all. Um, y'all don't deserve. Y'all. He basically said we're unworthy. Then he starts shitting on Jacksonville by calling it Jerksonville or Jerkoffville, and then he called it a white trash Riviera, which popped the hell out of me. Yes, he I was white trash. He, he starts burying Hangman, says he doesn't deserve it. He kept calling him the Hangman. It was almost like he was like clowning him, like how people do the supercuts of Seth Rollins when he was a heel in 2015, talking about talking to John Cena all the time. John, the Hangman. It was it was kind of like that, uh, bro. Then he, then, then he fucking buried the Battle Royal. He was like, you know, I wonder who I wrestle at all out. He was like, would it be the kid with no legs? Yeah. What? <laughs> Would, uh, would it be Marco Stunt? Would it be the dude that's... Would it be Janello who's stapling uh, uh, cigarettes on his forehead? And then he yeah. says... And then Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, yeah. I think he mispronounced Ma- Nakazawa's name, too. It's probably on purpose because he's an asshole. And then at one point... Uh, the, or the, I think the... the the dismount on it was, uh, you know, more bearing of Adam uh, Page. And then he said that he's... I think he said some of the lines of that all out he's gonna make him his bitch and then all of a sudden oh y'all some pointing out that like uh the fake blood on his hand was Paige's blood because he whooped his ass and he wanted to you know he wanted to further showcase how he could whoop that man ass how he could let that man Judas affected so <laughs> so then uh Paige comes out uh they have a brawl geeks assemble it doesn't work so then um wrestlers have to assemble um, and it, and that kind of does the job. It's kind of commentary puts over that it took a bunch of people. It took a lot more people to hold off Paige than it did Jericho. So meaning saying that Jericho really don't want none because he's a shitty because he's a coward heel. Um, yep. You know, and that, and I thought it been at that point because you know <laughs> his a char- his character has been attacked so much. 
uh, by MJF and Jericho over these three Bro, shows. Bro, man ain't come out and put hands on him. He a bitch, like Jericho said. Well, well yeah, I was going to say that because it's so much of his character has been attacked and, like, he hasn't, like, shown it in the ring to say, like, yeah, he is really deserving or whatever else, I thought this would be a perfect time for him to, you know, get on a mic, cut cut a two-liner or whatever else and, you know, say, you know, I'm going to whoop your ass or, you know, or have a retort. Nah. Um, so, that's it. That's that's kind of your build aside from whatever they do on, um, you know, the road to. All out. Yeah. So, that I mean, there's not a... Dude, there's no way they're main eventing that, sh- that, that match. There's no way that's the main event. No way. <sighs> Can't be. Like... Even before the even before the show, we were both were like, "Nah, the main event is Moxley Omega." Now it's like, "Dude, you really want to do this WrestleMania 18 shit?" That's really yeah. what you want to do. And look, and it ain't Jericho's fault. Yeah, Jericho Jericho's on a business the deal. If you put Pac in there, this thing would be main event easily, easily. Yeah, this is this is unfortunate. They're gonna have they're gonna have to like. How they how they built up the the Kenny and Jericho match on on those kind of documentary pieces and different things they did with the UK broadcast and uh, you know the Road to Double or Nothing which was fucking phenomenal like when they had Kenny talking like I don't know if Heyman got that in them and I don't know if they are really going to be able to give him that type of depth that Kenny has. Well, because he's not Kenny for one, well, and and he's not like among the top five guys you you would want in this promotion to be touching the belt right now. Hell no, hell no. You're right. He right now he he should be he should be a upper mid card guy, and ultimately that's probably where he was always going to land. But like right now, it, it it's really looking. Bad Is he the best person to sacrifice to Jericho though? So you have matches for Jericho going forward, whether you want to make those guys the champion eventually or, you know, rather than sacrificing a one, two, three or four guy to Jericho, you give him like a five or six or seven, whatever the fuck he is, just to get him out of the way. I mean, it makes sense. But you're trying to sell pay-per-views. It makes sense. But is that what I was getting at? Like, Like, I will say this, right? I don't really begrudge them right now because they don't have TV. If they're right. doing this one, if they're doing this when they have TV, then it'll be a real problem. Like for me personally, like Paige right now seems like the guy that you give a title shot to against Jericho on TV in the main event of one of the shows between between uh, you know big four shows, big four big four pay per views that they're doing. Like, but. You get him out of there, and you you know either he go, either he beats him in fifteen minutes or whatever else, and that's and you call it a day. But this um, but but actually as a buy right now, nah, like he's gonna have to he's gonna have to travel out down a road to get back on you know that kind of territory after this. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, so he he could use someone turning on him, like mm-hmm. someone. That's close to him or him turning. Like uh, I think he should be a heel. I I would agree, but it feels like who's supposed to turn to him right now? Because like it Everybody, seems, I, it seems yeah. like all the elite are so disconnected from him. So right now, all of them, right? Like even compared to Kenny, and Kenny's off office doing his own shit too. But it's like you know, 
I think it's a lot of things is like, yeah, he'll show up at the end of the shows, whatever else with the guys, but like they don't let him they don't ever let him talk. So it's like he ain't on his own. Like he is the young he is a young boy young of the boy. elite. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like he they got <laughs> I make a bunch he of Sean Walton sacrificed. jokes. I'll, I'll make a bunch I'll, of young, I see what's happening. I'll make a bunch of young boy jokes right now, like uh like he's Waltman in the click, but I'm not gonna do that. But uh Damn. Okay, so the main event, the Brotherhood, Cody and Dustin, the Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. They tried to do all of their styles all at the same time with no rhyme or reason on how to connect them together except for the the very end, and it went like 32 minutes. I don't know if this is a hot take or any type of like controversial statement that I'm about to make. I wish that the young bucks would learn who the fuck they are. Why are you, do you mean like last year how they're doing instead of doing spot porn they decided like we're gonna t- we're gonna work oh it's oh Matt's back went out again for the fifth like like time. they're that, like they're trying to have these matches to prove to people that will largely never give a fuck about them right or spend money on them or respect them in general right they're having these they they have they have these matches that. Like, oh, we'll show you we can do the stories and we can wrestle an old school Southern style match. It's like, bro, what makes y'all the young bucks is going against the grain, pushing back, like in being like these these dudes that break all the rules, essentially not abide by the rules of how well you can do the rules. Like, that's not what I go to the young bucks for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought the really- match was like good like i thought it was good i think i gave it like 3.75 but really? that's like yeah okay like i didn't but i bucks matches like four and a halfs for me normally right. easy right right i i i i gave this thing three and a quarter and then i looked at the cage match and cage match is giving it a flat three i was like or, you know, or six which is which comes out to three uh yeah i I had a three. I had a three and uh, one quarter, and you know, like that's just ain't good enough for me on a on a match that goes thirty minutes, thirty thirty one, thirty two minutes. And for me, like I, I said, this after the uh, takeover, the um, the UK takeover, the first one when um, it was coffee and done. It's like, look, man, if you're gonna go over twenty, if you're gonna go thirty minutes, you better damn well be at four and a half. Yeah. No, no excuses. Like it's too fucking long for you to go. The match is going to be worse off for you wrestling at a certain level for that long. You're gonna you're gonna burn out your crowd and you're gonna pass your peak. And they just kept going and going and going. Like once they once they said that they went to the um once I heard the announcer say twenty minutes like and forty left. I was like, are you? Are they going for an hour? Are they trying to go for an hour? And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah. uh... 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I was like, bro, wrap this up. Go home. Go yeah. home. And it, then, like, they, it luckily it didn't. Like, the, the like high level. It, it just didn't achieve the high level. Like, they they were wrestling a, an unnatural style. I don't... It, 
some I, people like it. So, and I, you know, this, this is what people want. They want the stories in their wrestling and or the quote unquote stories or whatever, which we know is bullshit. But I mean, uh, no, 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 there's validity to a uh, through line to where, like, if you're not somebody that's privy to knowing all the moves or knowing um, person X, Y, and Z and watching five of their matches to know that, like, this person is trying to accomplish this and this person is trying to accomplish that. And these are the circumstances, and this is how they're going to get from point A to point B to all the way to point Z. Like, cool. I I, I get that, right? Like, th- the reason why I love that Cesaro and Alistair Black match is the way that like I didn't go through. I can re- I will remember that match. What happened in that match a month from now, two months from now, maybe not a year from now, but a month from now, two months from now, I could be like, oh yeah, this what this all stuff that went. This this is a basic story of the match. Right, so that that's that's what I that's what I appreciate. Supposed to be like, oh yeah, they did this spot, this spot, this spot, and like there is look, the Young Bucks do a lot of incredible things, and um, just like when they're doing the stuff with the Lucha Bros, the last two shows, like it was incredible stuff. But I feel like they are going way too long in these shows constantly. Like they're every every match they've done. Like I think I, I gave the the match at um Fighter Fest to get at four and a half. I gave the Lucha Bros match at um double or nothing. I think they gave that I think I either gave that four and a half or four and three quarters. Can't remember which one. But ultimately at points while I'm watching their matches, I feel like they've I feel like they slowed down at certain points and like they've they're trying to think of what to do next because they they've done so much shit already. And it's like if that's how if that's how it looks like to me right now, as a person that watches that much professional wrestling, then maybe, just maybe, cut five minutes off your off your off your shit or or in the case of this match, I felt like they had a lot of good ideas for a eighteen minute match. They went thirty. Don't go thirty. Never go thirty if you only have eighteen minutes worth of shit. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Cody and Dustin's performances? I thought they, I thought they were up. I thought that they were. I thought that they were good. I don't think they were nearly as good as they were in 2013. Um, and I mean that's that's a long time ago, right? Um, yeah. You know, I think that ultimately Dustin would better serve like being in a tag team. I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing for Cody right now, but you know, if that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. Um, I th- I would like them to wrestle like SEU. I would like to see them wrestle. I don't know. Hell, I would say hell. I would like to see them wrestle uh, Pentagon of Phoenix because. I feel like Pentagon of Phoenix can wrestle them and have a have a brawling style and not necessarily like have to do all the crazy spots and then like they, and then because you know there's connection of them as friends with the uh, the elite stuff like they have to one one team has to heal on the other at this particular time and then like then then it's time for then like five minutes later it's time for the other team to heal on the other one like I, that's another thing with these Cody matches like, like, the, the compromise like is is just so weird because it's like all right either the Bucks had to slow down and do that which doesn't really suit them and the or Cody has to become work rate man which is not his bag like and and Dustin like at this point uh, I, I I agree that if they were doing bra- a brawling match with Phoenix handling the spectaculars. 
that could work a little bit better. Or, um, or better yet, let's do this. I feel like. I think Cody and Dustin should be like a TV tag team. Like they don't need to be going to pay reviews with this because okay, so, Cody's like got way too much juice right now. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. So remember how I said earlier in the show, like there were so many matches that turned into throw cis guys at the problem is letting them do whatever the fuck they want. Fuck the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. This match would have been better if they never broke out into a throwaway for like the last 15 minutes of the match. Like if they actually, if they actually stayed in the, if if they if they wrestled this like it was an NXT tag match, this match should have been, came off been a lot better than it turned out being. But all these matches turn all or this all these young buck matches turn into times where it's like, oh yeah, are, are there even tags anymore? <laughs> right. So I think that kind of hurt this match in particular, where it definitely would have helped them trying to get heat on somebody. Like in the confines of this person can't get out as opposed to, oh, they're everybody's out on the floor and then back in the ring and then out on the floor again. And then, oh, now both teams are trading super kicks and then uh, uh, disaster kicks and whatnot. Like I, I, I thought that like the them turning into a tornado match last 15 minutes of match did not help it. Um, and I think the heat compromised a lot of yes, the. The wrestling at certain points, like so. I remember. Anyway, I remember specifically a time where Penta was waiting to get tagged in, and all of a sudden you just see like it. It looked like it looked like. I thought like Phoenix half, was kind of like off. I I didn't notice that, but um, I, I was gonna say like I thought there was a point where he was trying to tag in Penta, and all of a sudden like. Just buckets of sweat just come off his face all at one time together, and then it just all hits on the mat, and just like, dude, it's so hot, <laughs> it's so hot out there. <laughs> so, so yeah, like you know, I feel like later in matches, a lot of the stuff was not as crisp as it could have been because no AC. Um, but yeah, I, I still come away th- feeling that this was a thump, one thumbs up show. Um, it's their worst show, but like there was a lot of good stuff on there, and um. And I think what really hurt it more than anything else was a lot of the sameness more than anything else. I, and I think the length of the show, like it, it, yeah. it felt like, like fighter fest was like the main car was like two and a half hours or whatever. And it was like, Hmm, maybe they got something there. But I, I think if they go to three hours rather than like three forty five, I think they'll be okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's way too long for it. It's only seven matches. Yeah. Um, like WWE doesn't even go that long with seven matches. You know, since it was the worst show in company history, I think they should close the company <laughs> up, sell the events, and then just just fuck it, fuck the hundred thousand uh, pay per views you you um sold, and also fuck the the this show that you sold out in October. We'll just run a house show from WWE that night there. What show did they sell in October? Uh, uh, excuse me, not October. Uh, fucking August thirty oh, first. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um. Any any. Any overall, other stuff? Uh, overall, I think I think it was a good show. Like I, I had fun watching it. I, I did get tired at certain points, uh, but the promotion still feels special. It still feels like stories are progressing. It feels like the booking is making a lot of sense uh, going forward. It, it, I, I did question Cody getting pinned. I wonder what that means for all this, or if this is just a one-off kind of scenario mm-hmm. where they didn't want to pin Dustin for whatever reason. But um, I, I'm still excited as ever about AEW and can't wait for All Out because 
these motherfuckers are going to go all out, it looks like. So maybe there's a Britt Baker B. Priestley match. I uh, hope Britt Baker's okay. She had a concussion, I believe. Um, and I think, you know, so, of course, we got so John Moxley. saying that she was drilled? Yes. <laughs> drilled. Um, uh, you, John you know, Moxley. You know who that's going to pop when he ever hears this, right? Who? Caleb. Yep. He's going to fucking love that. Um. Uh, then uh, of course, like I said we got John Moxley and yeah. Kenny. Yep. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, the difference with Moxley in New Japan and then uh, in AEW. Are you, uh, you really, you really finna do this? Oh my god, it's the same nigga. Stop doing this. Like I understand we did this joke la- or this morning in uh, in the discussion thread, but I thought y'all were joking. I didn't know y'all were really gonna carry this on to podcasts and the like. Do we, are we really gonna keep this gimmick up? You know, uh, oh, you know, it's so so so. I'm just different about him in Japan. I don't know what it shorts, is, but shorts, shorts, it's like shorts. he 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 just feels more like an outlaw there. Like I don't know, but <laughs> fucking yeah, I, I just think had a uh, hardcore match. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I'm excited to see what what they've got going on. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to touch on um, any G1 stuff real quick? Because right now we're at like an hour and 48 minutes. So, do you want to do like, I don't know. No. We, we, we'll we give it to him next time. Like, next when, time. when G1 got a little bit more, a couple more, a uh, little bit more underneath it. And uh, we, we got some narratives to play up. I got some stuff early I'm keeping an eye on. But uh, Lance Archer looks great right now. That was Rich's way of saying, nah, listen to Keeping the Strong Style while I'm on here later in the week. All right, so Rich actually had to go, so I'm just going to give you all some of my G1 thoughts. Uh, night 2, I thought that uh, I really enjoyed the Ishii and Khan match. They beat the hell out of each other. I really just enjoyed them throwing each other around and clubbing each other. Just Neanderthal wrestling. Just great. Um, the Yano beats Naito thing, I'm... I, I, I don't know how y'all know if y'all know how I feel about Yano. I'm just over it. I, I once you watch him twice, it's like, oh, cool. okay, he's a comedy guy. Great. All right, whatever else. So, easy night off. Like I wish that someone like this Brooklyn's Night Hill had an easier night, like in night, you know, fourteen or something like that. Right? Treated almost like an NFL buy where like you get you want the team you want to be a team that has a buy in like week nine, right? Not one is in week five. But anyway, whatever. Um, Goto, Goto and White, you know, it was, it was a lot of the typical Jay White stuff. He does a lot of cheating and, and half-assing around until like the last, eh, I don't know, the last eight minutes of a match. And then it's really good. Um, Juice versus Shingo, just a great master. <laughs> a great match. Like being the hell out of each other. Just great jobs of different points of flipping your expectations based around punches and, and um, clotheslines. I thought the match was great. Um, then on the night three, oh, uh, I guess we have to talk about it uh, before we move on to night three. John Moxley fucks up Tai Chi. Um, like I, I wrote down in all my G1 Climax notes I have from night one, Archer defeats Osprey and the like. Uh, Okada defeats Tanahashi. And night two, I have Juice defeats Shingo. And then in the second match, Moxley fucks up Taichi. You know, 
Tai Chi jumps him um, before the before the bell rings uh, and fights him around the crowd and then um, throws him around and then they get in the ring and then Moxley just takes over from there and then you know Tai Chi you know tries tries certain things just doesn't work and then Moxley eventually just puts his ass away with by dropping on his head with with the Death Rider it's just um. You know, it was it was it was more or less a one sided match, and the story is that is the only reason why it was one sided was because or it wasn't one sided completely was because Tai Chi decided to jump up from outside the ring. Um, so on a night two, I'm sorry, night three, um, Archer Fale. I thought that Archer. <laughs> it's funny that someone like Archer is uh, getting the cheers from the crowd over Fale because they're so sick of Fale and his shit. Thought it was a nice performance from Archer. Fale is just Fale as Fale. Like, unless he's in there with, you know, someone like Okada. It's just, why bother? Um, Osprey versus Sonata. I, I love this match. Um, I thought it was really funny and cute that <laughs> Osprey gets, uh, Osprey gets uh, Sonata in a situation where he can, <laughs> where he can get him in a paradise lock, except he doesn't know how to do the paradise lock because he's not the master of the paradise lock. And then all of a sudden, uh, Sonata gets um, Osprey in the paradise lock and the ropes. Uh, I, I thought that was funny. I like the use of Osprey's hook kicks uh, to, to lay out Sonata at certain points. Um, and then I, I did like the the finish where he basically does the same finish he had with um, to, get, to take out Shingo at the um, Best Super Juniors final. Um, he had to hit him with something huge because Sonata is a heavyweight and Osprey's you know he's on the he is fighting heavyweights but he's not there yet. So I thought it was a big win for Osprey. I thought Sonata. Um, I thought you know after the match with with Saber, I thought that he was going to get out to a fast start, but it looks like he's going to be just in the middle of the pack right now. We'll see what happens from there. Um, Okada versus Saber. It's pretty much every Okada Saber match you ever seen, right? It's it's him. Um, holding on to your life through all the classic spots of the tombstone, the the rainmaker, the drop kick, uh, you know, and is all you know playing defense against it. Um, and then he, you know, at the end, Saber got a few pin attempts to look like he could actually put him away, but it, to no avail. He ends up getting, I believe, he ends up get, eating two um, rainmakers and gets put away. Really good match. I probably give it four flat. Evil versus Ibushi. This match. Was a flat out brawl because Abushi can't move around as much. He can't really put much weight on it. He can run, which is you know, and that in itself is amazing. But it was more just a lot of brawling, a lot of brawling. Um, I do like the spot where they drop each other on their heads. Which sounds so stupid. They drop each other on their shoulders and their necks, and then they both uh, roll through off the Germans and then no sell them and then uh, go from there. It's, it's a gigantic meme where. Ibushi does it to Evil, and then Evil does it to Ibushi, and Ibushi also no-sells it, and then Ibushi raises up like a, you know, kind of similar to um, what happened at Rust Kingdom this year with Osprey, was like, he gets dropped on his head, and he rolls up, and his, like a, his head's tilted and turned to the side and looks disfigured, almost like a zombie, and then he continues on wrestling. So I thought... Um, I thought it was a big win for Evil, though, even though a lot of it is, you know, he really can't go back and forth, it's just the ankle is such a problem right now, and he exploited it at times. And then the main event, um, Kenta versus Tanahashi. Um, you know, the I always say that like nothing really matters that much in a Tanahashi match until the Sling Blades, 
the high five or well, the sling blades and the dragon screw leg whip start flowing. But then you know, like you're in for like something special. Like once he slaps the piss out of somebody, um, and they, once they started throwing, once Tanahashi started throwing slaps, and then Kenta outpaced him with a slap. Like he basically beat him to the punch. It's like, yo, this is crazy. You know, I think two of my favorite moments of the, of this whole week of wrestling have been the Shima and Omega match and also Kenta Tanahashi because it's kind of felt, it's been a while since we had these two guys with these gigantic reputations and names put forth the effort that back that comes with their names. And it's like, it's nice to see that they like, not only did they like finally fuck raw, <laughs> they didn't just fuck raw. Like they, they, they touched ovaries. So the good for them. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, man. Um, I, that was my thoughts. I thought uh, the two best shows that I saw this week were both the the slates of um, night three. I'm sorry, night uh, two and night three of the G1. Um, right now is one o'clock or one thirty a.m. over here. Now that we've wrapped up uh, all this, all the wrestling talk. Um, so um, night four is about to start. I'll watch it sometime um, on Monday. I'll give you my thoughts, whatever. I'll try to relay that to uh, Rich and Jeremy and Josh for keeping the strong style. So, uh, yeah, that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv, the sponsor for this show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast merchandise. Be sure to check out the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. Every other Wednesday, we have Grown Men Wash Your Shit. On Thursdays, Maybe we have NXT Then Now Forever. On Fridays, we have Get In The Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.